Welcome to another podcast episode of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, the book by Michael Joseph Ferguson, a guidebook to transforming adults, ADD and ADHD. Thank you for joining us once again. Always a pleasure to be with you. For those of us that are just joining us on this podcast, we have Michael, the author of the book, which you may have found on the drummerandthegreatmountain.com, or perhaps you found us in iTunes under Adult ADD. This podcast is focused on bringing us together in the journey of the hunter type, as we call it, and discussions and viewpoints on the journey of being hunter type and dealing with adult ADD, ADHD, and all the branching paths that takes for those of us that are in a way uh, blessed with this as our journey. So we welcome here into covering chapter four of the book. And for those of us that are new to the podcast, we're going to be covering the book here in the, uh, in, in the podcast episodes in the first handful. Um, so for those of us, you that have the book, um, this podcast is kind of designed as a support system for the book, for you reading it and then checking in with us on this podcast uh, to help you guide along. And obviously, we can give you much more information and the discussion points are really what brings things alive for you here. So we're going to dive right into chapter four, which is the hunter type brain. As is mentioned in the opening, to gain a clearer understanding of what makes us tick as hunter types, we have to look at what's happening underneath the hood. So, so far, for those of you who have been into the book and into the podcast so far, we've kind of covered the hunter-farmer theory. And that's a great starting point for just understanding how we operate. But now we're going to really get into it. And so uh, I will start stop blabbering and bring in the author himself, Mr. Michael Joseph Ferguson. How you doing, Mike? Doing good. How you doing? Good, man. Beautiful, beautiful morning here in sunny Southern yes. California. So yeah, let's, let's dive into this. Tell us, um, tell us in your experience and your journey about, uh, <laughs> what makes us tick in the way we do, how our clock works. Oh, yes. Well, you know, one of the pieces that, um, in embarking on writing this book, um, I, it was a process of discovery for me because I had put together quite a few of these pieces beforehand. Um, but in actually going through and revisiting the, the current, uh, brain studies and understanding just how the brain works and what makes, um, what is a, a ADD like in the biochemistry? What does it do? What is it? How does it function? What is it? Is it a disorder? Is it not? What What is specifically it? What I started to unearth, and primarily it was from uh, addiction research, because there's a lot of uh, research available on addiction in the brain. Um, marrying that with a lot of the the knowledge that's available in studies on adult uh, on ADD ADHD, which a lot of it's a lot of kids. Um, there were some pieces that came out that I found put the pieces the put the puzzle pieces together for me. It's like okay, now I get it. Now this is here's here all the pieces fit together, and it, it's nothing that I've read previously. And I feel like there's there's still a lack of of 
making a connection between brain studies and and medical research that sometimes is hard to wade through and actually getting it down to, well, what do I do with my life and how does this affect my ability to focus and what's actually going on? So what we're going to cover today is um, just going through well, here, what's actually happening in your brain specifically in your neurology, but it's specifically in your brain that creates the challenges. And again, as we've discussed in the past, what also are the benefits of being wired this way? Um, And more specifically than how does a routine that you've created for yourself affect the things that are happening in your brain? What's actually really going to work to give you stability, stability, clarity, focus, and an ability to to not be taken over by what are usually the ADD symptoms of, you know, challenges with focus, motivation, um, addiction on the extreme ends of it. So what's going on there? And so that's what we're going to cover today. Excellent. It's interesting. One of the things that triggered for me is the word you use, routine. I think the irony there is, is, uh, is that's what's hunter types are not used to. I mean, that's the whole irony. It's the, the very, the very thought of the, when you describe someone with hunter type and, and, and the syndromes of adult ADD, ADHD, and something you emphasize on the website, the drummer and great mountain.com, especially, and we've gotten into it in a bit and we're going to get into it deeper in, in future podcasts is the artist type personalities that we've talked about so much, uh, standup comedians, actors, um, you tend to find them in this category and it's the whole idea of being an artist is kind of being, and and I don't say this in a derogatory term, but flighty being off the cuff and being a free spirit, people like that tend to not have routines. So tell us about how this is one of the first things that is about being a hunter type brain and creating the supportive routine. So that's a good point. And, and, you know, I think if we dig below the surface and, you know, we just did a coaching session before uh, Mm -hmm. we, we record this podcast. I think the irony is that that there's a perception of people with ADD, ADHD, and artists that we're kind of just what you just shared, which is perfect. Like that's the perception. But the reality is the focus and clarity and determination to do something, you know, we are very capable of routine. It's just finding those routines that actually work for us. And I know for you and for myself and in learning music and art and and computers or whatever it is that you're focused on, um, there is a routine. I mean, we we have systems in place that that otherwise we wouldn't learn anything. So um, whoever you are, I mean, there's going to be routines and systems in place that at least partially work. So I think I want to, uh, in starting going through into talking about the brain is that routines are, we're fully capable of doing them. And if we have any challenges with routines, it's because they're not the right routine. Right. Right. And there's (laughs) not an under, yeah, it's not going. (laughs) So and again, in further, um, podcast will cover like how do you create a really stable routine that you can that's, that you can I want to say easily because that's that uh, life's challenging and so sometimes there is a challenge maintaining a routine so I don't want to say easily maintain but sustainably maintain because it's gifting you so many other things that you see the value and it's it's contributing to you and so therefore you can sustain it so I'm cautious about calling any of this like a quick fix um, right. on the other end of it though changes and and um, 
progress can be made very quickly. And today, again, we're going to talk about why the brain, understanding your brain and understanding like how you're wired specifically will give you exponential insights into making really good routines that you're, that's going to support your brain chemistry, that's going to support your overall well-being so that you may or may not have to go on to um, ADD meds mm-hmm. and then you – but more importantly that you can sustain your level of creativity and do the things that you really want to do and accomplish in the world and um, with a self-knowledge that doesn't you, – you don't get into those places where – something hits you from behind and you're like, Oh, okay. I'm down again. This thing keeps getting me over and over again. So that's, that's what we're going to cover. Excellent. So let's get into it. Let's, let's dive right in. Um, in your research, in your experience on, on for yourself and in writing this book, uh, help us understand ourselves and the hunter type brain and talk to us about neurotransmitters and, and the, the, the two key things here, which are dopamine and mm-hmm. serotonin and what is happening in the hunter type. So we start with understanding ourselves, which is what we want to do in these first few chapters. So tell us about us as far as dopamine and serotonin. Yeah. So, well, what it seems to boil down to that, what makes us in kind of looking through pouring over all the research, um, and there's many different types of ADD. There's like, there's long and short of it. When you, I think we may have covered it last time. Uh, it usually falls, we, we usually fall into three categories, which is um, ADD, which is sort of the, the challenge with attention and focus. And then ADHD, which is the hyperactivity piece, and then a combination of those two things. And then there's further, uh, some of the medical research will go into further subcategories. However, overall, there's one piece that seems to be pretty clear, which is that ADD, ADHD is is related to dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter, and it has to do with having genetically lower levels uh, of dopamine receptors in the brain. So it's actually not low dopamine, it's low dopamine receptors. So that's sort of the context. Uh, underneath that, so just understanding, so neurotransmitters, to zoom out, so dopamine is a neurotransmitter. Um, neurotransmitters are the wiring in your brain. This is like the pathways by which thoughts, uh, motor skill, every, everything that has to do with your perception of the world and how you function, how you tell your body to do different things, emotions, all are very intimately connected with neurotransmitters. And the two big ones, there are others, that, and, and I want to start on the outside by saying this is a, a slight oversimplification, but if we go really deep into some of the other ones like norepinephrine and a few of the other neurotransmitters, it gets a little muddy. So I'm, I'm oversimplifying, but sure. it, it's going to give you enough information to work with. Uh, so the two big ones are dopamine and serotonin, and dopamine is the one that most affects people with adult ADD. Uh, and that has to do with there's three pieces that are most important. Dopamine affects learning, focus, and motivation. Those are the three things. And mm-hmm. focus and motivation being the culprits mm-hmm. when we are feeling un you know so when we're feeling unfocused or unmotivated, which is something that that's that sort of like blah can't get myself up, can't, can't extract myself. The from fog, you you refer it's, to it as a fog it, a lot of times. It's the brain fog. Yeah. yeah. That is the result of not having enough dopamine 
flowing through your brain at that mm-hmm. moment and connecting those neurotransmitters. Mm-hmm. They're no, connecting these one part of your brain to another. And so, so dopamine primarily, and there's other pieces to it, but learning, motivation, and focus. That's ADD 101. So we're going to cover a lot on dopamine. The other neurotransmitter, which everyone should know about and understand is serotonin. And serotonin affects your overall well-being. And when people are depressed and they go through long, those dark clouds of depression, that is serotonin primarily. And, and when you um, and antidepressants focus on serotonin. Um, and so understanding serotonin is extremely important um, because this is it, it's an epidemic. Depression is an epidemic. And even if you're not a hunter type. Understanding what you need to do to keep your serotonin levels up so you don't have to take antidepressants, which have exponential side effects that mm-hmm. I've watched it firsthand really harm people. Um, there's ways of addressing that neurotransmitter through diet and exercise that it, for, for both of these that is extremely important. Everyone should understand them. So uh, those are the, the neurotransmitters, and I want to just – give some shout outs to the sources of mm-hmm. a lot of the material that I referenced in writing the book. Two of them being um, Julia Ross wrote a book called The Mood Cure. Highly, highly, highly recommended reading. Um, go out and buy it. Have it in your library at home. It is essential reading. Um, I give her credit throughout the book. Specifically, this chapter and the addiction chapter were highly referenced from her work include, and also the diet chapter because she speaks a lot about how nutrition affects brain chemistry and I simplified it and to put it into very specific form just for the ADD piece in the book try to take out the best pieces the most important pieces she is outstanding does a lot of uh, she is uh, 20, 30 years plus experience in using diet and nutrition and supplements in treating people with intense uh, addiction challenges. Uh, and then the other person is Dr. Kevin McCauley, who, who is, um, he runs a clinic and I, can't, I think it's in Arizona um, on, uh, it's an addiction, it's a rehab clinic. And um, his, there's actually a few videos of his online that really changed my perception of how the brain works, what happens, in our brains, and he was refer- referencing um, alcoholism and addiction and what's going on there, but so many of the same threads run through topics of uh, ADD, and he's he's really good at simplifying what's going on in the brain, how does the brain work, what does dopamine, what does the, the role of dopamine play, um, why are some people more sensitive than others um, to being caught in addiction, which is sort of the extreme end of ADD. Uh, so those are two really important references I wanted to share on the outset in going into uh, this discussion on um, neurotransmitters, the brain, and just how we function. Yeah, thank you for that. Before we, so in setting up the the next part of what we want to talk about, which is kind of like, in a way, I guess we're presenting the problem, and, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Just we're, we want to present so we understand how we tick, but we also want to get to the solution, which is the diet, the exercise, um, which which Michael's going to talk to us today about, as he does in the book, about diet, and and because the whole idea here is to understand the diet that is not good for us, the bad routine, and we want to talk about the good routine, getting yourself to that good routine as far as diet is considered. But before we go there. 
Mm-hmm. Michael, talk to us about creative thought as dopamine stimuli. This is this is when I started hitting the book. This is the part that really struck a chord uh, mm. with me as a musician. And yes, I said yeah. that on purpose. Um, so uh, <laughs> it really did because talk to us about because because the website refers to it in parts of your book. Talk to us yeah. about the dopamine and this creative, inventive stuff that happens because we started, as you said, with the low dopamine. Talk, talk to us about this cycle. Yeah. That w- w- that happens in the bad routine, um, and then we'll get into the diet stuff as the solution. Good. Okay. So I'd say the on the outset to cover that, uh, what tends to like when as you're listening to this as someone who actually is wired this way with ADD, ADHD, hunter type in quotes. That's the term I like to use. Um, the, there is inherent in who we are a sense of restlessness and that may be a physical restlessness like oh okay that's sort of the hyperactivity or it's that sort of restlessness like i've got there's something i need to do there's something i there's a there's an underlying feeling of restlessness that's a really important piece and mm-hmm. that's sort that's the result of lower dopamine receptor it's like we're yearning for that completion because we don't have the level of, of normalized dopamine that other people have. And so that state of kind of like, oh, restlessness, got it. that leads us towards things that stimulate dopamine. And what can stimulate a dopamine release is creative thoughts, ideas like, oh, like those fire little dopamine uh, releases in the brain and and it kind of creates this cascade of like oh yeah and it starts to satisfy that feeling of restlessness and I know I'm sure you know this I mean that we we go into these spaces I know I do where I'm like oh I'm just in that world of creativity sure. and it's so satisfying like, sure oh and when I don't have it I feel off and just don't feel good so that is the positive effect of having a wiring this way is that we have this feeling of restlessness creates it it it, 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 creativity is the creative thought is the satisfying expression of it's connecting that dot which is the good which is which is the good solution to that so it's interesting the, the the picture you're painting here is it's really interesting we've got a chemical thing in the body and this this to use a cliche, this is just what's so fascinating about how we're made overall. Our bodies, this thing, this computer that we call the brain. Those with low dopamine levels, though, your body literally is talking to you. How does it talk to you? You know, it inflames a spot that has an infection, but when it comes to this, it's telling you, I am low on dopamine. How is it doing that? At least this is how I picture it. Tell me if I'm wrong. Certainly is the way it's communicating to you is this feeling, this thing you can't touch, a feeling of restlessness because it's saying, go raise my dopamine. I need you to go raise this. And that's what causes this restless feeling. Therefore, why in a good way you go for that creative stimuli. 
Yeah, it, it is sort of it, it's the stimulation. It, it it this is where it gets a really like subtle and and kind of tricky because it's not necessarily the dopamine. It's it's that release that connect. It's, it's like there's pieces in your brain that aren't connected, and there's a yearning to make those synapses connect. And right. it's that yearning huh. that in say an entrepreneur leads them to do it like finding things that are stimulating, they're connecting the dots that are, they're going to innovate something new. It's like that expression of this restlessness. It, it's the thing that satisfies it. Mm-hmm. The other end of this, and we'll cover this in the next podcast is addiction because a, yeah. there's so many behaviors yeah. and, and substances that can do the same thing that stimulate dopamine that you don't get any benefit from it. You get you, if you get the feeling of of satisfaction in the moment, but you don't get any kind of long term benefit from it. And in fact, if anything, that is very self destructive. And we're going to cover why that and, and getting caught and stimulated that that are just sitting mindlessly and playing a video game for hours and hours and hours and hours and and, and knowing that this is not good. Right. It's right. The, but not a being able to extract yourself. This is the other side of having this state of having less dopamine. Myself. Well, you could almost hear it in the way I was telling you what I was picturing. You could almost hear the cycle, right? And that's what I was trying to describe. Isn't mm. it like, oh, our body's telling this, so go after it. Well, what happens the next time I'm down? Go after it. I mean, you could literally hear in between the lines. The, and like you said, we're going to cover it in the future, but I think it's important yeah. for uh for the listeners to to see this the, again we're right now focusing on how we work how we and this is how we work so it, again understanding this i think was what was huge for me because i think for right if you go through your first 20 30 whatever x number of years operating like this but you're but you just find yourself going after the stimuli being in whatever cycle you are to seek this stimuli, yet you don't. Yet you feel like something is off, but you don't know why. But then, when you actually see it, you're like, "Oh, that's what was happening to me. I was looking yeah. for this because this was happening." So, yeah. I think that's. I think that's. I think that's really, really big. And as Michael said, we definitely want to get into um, the addiction thing, which you've heard us probably say it at least ten times now <laughs> over the last yes. podcast. Which is this is why the artist personality. Um, yes tends to be this way and why a lot of creative people fall into the addiction cycle. So we'll definitely get into that. Yeah. So I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like we've covered, I mean, we we could do this for hours, but in the sense for a podcast, I think we've kind of covered how we tick. Is there anything else you want to cover before we get into the diet and how critical this is for the solution and also understanding what the bad diet routine is? Anything else you want to cover on the neurotransmitters part? No, and you know, in fact, if anything, I think we can segue into the diet piece by saying that the other addiction that can the other way to get that dopamine hit in in a in a not healthy way is sugars, mm-hmm. refined sugars. It's food addiction is mm-hmm. is the label. So refined sugars. Um, white flour, everything that's in anything with artificial ingredients and all the high fructose corn syrup, Cokes, like sodas, all those things are also, and we are embedded. Most of us are embedded in this diet is that diet is, is in a sense, 
your brain addicted to something and it's addicted to sugar. And you don't know, like I, the thing I've noticed, I used to, I lived on Kauai for a while and I would hike back to this very remote part of Kauai called the Nepali coast. And you get a, a pass to go back there and you can stay for like 10 or 12 days. What you, what you notice right away is after two or three days of people don't have sugary foods, they start to go crazy. Like you, there's, there's like ample amounts of like mangoes growing. There's all this amazing food there that you could just eat from the Valley. And as soon as people run out of their comfort foods, they freak out and and we would talk about that. And so I think that's, the thing is most people would even some people would say, oh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, if you are eating a standard American diet and you're ingesting refined sugars and you're ingesting coals and all that, you are addicted to refined sugar, period. And that and it's it's not better good, but you have to. Well, it is. I would say it's definitely on the bad end of the spectrum because what those foods, what especially refined sugars do in white flour is they they can decrease your brain brain like healthy brain chemicals and this is where julia ross calls them the bad mood bad mood foods mm-hmm. and so the this is going into it uh discussing neurotransmitters and diet it's really important to know that if you're eating a, a not the best diet you're actually taking down your serotonin levels taking down your dopamine levels you're fighting against yourself and so this is where it, it becomes much easier to take a pill than actually address what's actually creating the, the situation of extreme um, ADD symptoms and also depression. Well, that's but that's the trap, right? This and I've heard you talk about this in your in your lectures as well. I mean, that's the trap: is that if you take the pill and then yeah. don't fix the diet, the pill is only going to take you so far, and then. Yeah. The solution, the the bad cycle right now in the West is what more medicine, yeah. and 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 to to me the responsibility on any good caretaker is, and this is what you're trying to encourage with a system like the Drummer and the Great Mound and this book and and the lectures and and what we're trying to do with this podcast is say, if you don't address it's the the very bad fuel as you said, Julia yeah. Ross calls it bad mood foods, this yeah. bad fuel that you're giving your body. The medicine is only going to take you so far. The power yeah. is in changing the source of what you're putting in your body first exactly. Exactly. and, and going that. So these bad mood foods, refined sugars, white flowers, is it too much of a summary to say, in essence, this is what in a bad way gives you gives the hunter type their high? Does it actually do these bad foods give you that stimuli, that, even if it's short term? Is it masking that, hey, I got my high, I'm good? And is that why we fall into this addictive cycle with these bad mood foods? Yeah. So, well, I think this is the, the, the point of And also, I want to be transparent here. I had to shift my diet in my early 20s. I realized I had to do it. Um, there was a medical situation that happened where I was having heart palpitations. And I... I looked it up and I found it was the caffeine. It was drinking tons of sodas. I had to go through the process of changing my diet because I thought I was going to die. Wow. It, it was cl- it was a little outside of what was – in hindsight, Michael was like, I wasn't going to die. It was just the caffeine. Sure. But I needed to feel that mm-hmm. to make the changes. And this had nothing to do with ADD. I didn't, I didn't even know it was on the map at that point. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I started ex- removing those refined sugars – 
um, the artificial ingredients out of my diet, the change in my life was extreme. I went from from just being in a perpetual fog to starting my own company and being very successful in my creative endeavors. Very six months. It was a six month turnaround to the point where I lost like 35, 40 pounds. People were like, oh, you know, it, it was dramatic change mm-hmm. in my life. And it and it wasn't, I won't say it was easy, but it was, um, I was so driven by the things that I wanted to do in the world. And I saw that the only way I would get there is through health and nutrition. So I want to just be transparent because sure. if you haven't read the book yet to, I, I empathize with, I'm not flippant about, oh, you should just change your diet. I'm aware that that's a challenging piece, but it's a piece that needs to happen. We are, we've been brought up in a culture that has, especially since the 1950s, when we've introduced these heavily refined foods, artificial ingredients into the diet of the American, to, to American and you know global. So there's people I know listening from outside the United States mm-hmm. that we just take it as normal. But the fact is these foods especially for people with ADD are poisoning you literally, they're creating yeah. they're literally creating they're they're robbing you of certain brain chemicals you need to feel okay and if you didn't ingest these foods and you replace them with really satisfying healthier alternatives and which we'll talk about in future podcasts the the change can be dramatic and it and at this point you just about anywhere in the country and anywhere in the world you can find replacements for it. And if you have to get online, you can get online and order, you know, some snack foods and things that are a little healthier for you that can replace, you know, give you the sense of comfort food and not take you down. This is what we'll talk about. So I think we should need to go into um, specifically in starting here is so that it will mention this over and over again, the two most, imp- the three, or I'll say three most important essentials mm-hmm. in treating ADD. And then we'll take, we'll tag it into the neurotransmitter species, high protein, low carb diet, which has with healthy protein sources. So avoiding red meat, having organic sources for your, for your protein, if possible, vegetarian, um, protein is very much a good option if you know how to get complete proteins but uh chicken fish um fish being probably the top of the list if you can get it um, about three times a week salmon wild caught salmon very good for all the brain uh for the uh the oils that we need for the fatty the essential fatty acids and everything that we need to make our brains work really well cardio at least three times a week half an hour to 45 minutes per session and then replacing the refined sugars and artificial ingredients including flavorings preservatives with healthy alternatives those are the three pieces that if you do those three pieces your life if you if you've been eating the standard american diet you will almost i can almost guarantee you your life will make a positive and pretty dramatic move towards the positive because you're now feeding your body what it actually needs to feel healthy. And and I think one of the overarching points to this condition of having lower dopamine uh, receptors in the brain is that we have, um, we're far more susceptible. People who are hunter types are far more susceptible to diet than everyone else. Mm -hmm. And so you can look over at your, your spouse 
or people around you and they're eating certain foods and they seem to be fine and you can have the same foods and it totally wigs you out. Or you might not even know it's wigging out because it's so normal to you that you just it's just part of your day-to-day routine. But I am telling you from all the clients that I've worked with across the board, people with ADD are far more, and in studies, especially studies on colorings and preservatives, we are far more susceptible to our, to a bad diet than the rest of the population. And if you're not eating well, you will undoubtedly have ADD symptoms. It's just, it's just, it's good. What's going to happen because you're not giving your brain what it needs to be, uh, to create these positive brain chemicals, dopamine, serotonin, the things that are actually going to give you a sense of well-being, focus, motivation, the things you need to, to function and do well in the world. And I think the thing to keep in mind here is that um, I want to go back one point on um, what you shared about your experience with foods. I was the hunter, kind of hunter type. I never had a problem with sugar. You... I think maybe in my life I have had maybe honestly 10 cans of any soda you mentioned. I maybe had mm. 10 cans in total. Sugar was never an issue for me. Go to a birthday party. I you, People would have to beg me to eat a piece of cake. I never enjoyed that. Mm. But I'll tell you mm. what this hunter types issue was is the carbohydrates. And it all comes together now because and, – and I should specify being of the Persian culture – we live off of rice and bread. I mean, rice and bread is 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 our thing. Everything we have in our uh, in our menu in the culture is is related to rice and bread. We start out with a little bread and cheese before the rice comes. Then you have the rice <laughs> with the stew, and we have our desserts too. Don't get me wrong, but that and then yeah. and then I had the smarts to go and marry uh, an Italian woman. Well, here comes the <laughs> pasta, and it was over. It was over. I had been living in a fog in an absolute fog and until i saw the light and and i'm not i'm not trying to at all emphasize anything about and you don't either in the book or in this system um i i think the extreme things are always dangerous atkins came out yeah. a lot of people went on we're not talking yeah. about that but i am just yeah. i want to share that once i went with what you mentioned is the essential so michael has mentioned the 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 the, the bad things the refined sugars as a summary white flour and the artificials. You start cutting those out, you have to replace. And the whole idea that Michael is trying to say here is replace them with the good stuff. Now, that process is not easy. I am a witness to that you are going to go through the same withdrawal symptoms that an alcoholic does, that a drug addict does. Get ready for it. If you're in the beginning of the journey, I just personally want to share my story and say, it's not an easy thing, but just hang in there. I, I can't promise yeah. you how long. I'll tell you for me, it was literally within 10 to 14 days. Seems like yeah. a long time, but it's really not. Within that 10 to 14 day period, this fog that we keep referring to, the hunter type yeah. fog, will start to go away. And yeah. you, it is like putting on a new pair of eyes just in how you see the world, how you yeah. feel about the world, and, and go into this high-protein, low-carb thing. Again, not the extremes, not the Atkins stuff of the world is yeah. key. So talk to us now about – let's move on. Talk to us about the high-protein, low-carb. Give us a summary of high-protein, low-carb, and the cardio and what that does. Now talk to us about how this starts positively yes. reinforcing the body so that we can then get on to also um, wrapping up with how we train the brain and, and creativity and stimulating thoughts. 
Perfect. Exactly. Okay. So the, here's why. Here's why you specifically high protein, low carb, and cardio. How does this affect dopamine levels uh, and serotonin as well? So when you so because we require more dopamine to make the same connections to feel like somewhat normalized in in our in that to to say what you just said of the getting rid of the fog. Um, what you have to understand is that dopamine to create dopamine, your body needs protein. And so the, to go back to our high school health and nutrition or chemistry class, uh, protein it, your body looks at a protein like chicken or fish or hummus, um, the, it, it doesn't see protein. What it sees is amino acids. There's all these amino acids that our body then takes in and utilizes to create, to do all sorts of things in our body. We need protein. It's so important. You can't live without protein. So specifically, there's for dopamine, the precursor to dopamine is L-tyrosine. That is the amino acid that's in just about every protein source. And some protein sources have it more than others. Um, that will, that when you have L-tyrosine, the body goes, oh, okay, L-tyrosine, I can now make, I can now make dopamine. So when you focus on a higher protein diet and you're in its healthy sources of, of protein, especially I like fish and the chickens and the poultry are all very good sources of protein to, to nurture your brain. Um, then your body has more dopamine available. So that means that you're no longer in that fuzzy fog state. You've got a, an ability to focus and be clear. And yet it doesn't give you the same effect that some people who take the ADD med say, well, this is great. I can get stuff done, but I don't feel like myself anymore. You get the benefit of feeling like yourself, being creative, but you're not in that fog. So high protein, low carbs, carbs, especially white uh, white flowers, sugary pastries, those all convert very quickly in the body to sugar. Alcohol mm -hmm. also, just, just think of alcohol as just being a big dose of sugar. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is not only do, these, do those foods um, not create any dopamine, they can deplete your stores of serotonin and dopamine. So it's so important. I just can't stress it enough. You, you can, and you can, there's ways of doing this and we'll discuss it in, in the, in future podcasts that it doesn't have to be really, 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 really hard. It can be, it can be, you can start replacing these foods uh, with healthy, with foods that have whole sugars in them, including snacks and that you can replace, um, you, you can get your cookies and all the things that you in snack bars and you don't have to just completely take on some ungodly diet that you're like you're never going to be able to, to maintain something There's you can't you maintain can anyways which will put you right back in yeah the, the, and then you yeah, th yeah that's it the bounce you just go into yes. it you like oh i'm gonna do this and the hunter type thing of like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this and then you <laughs> right. crash and then you feel worse and then it's so much harder for you to do it the next time so the book and what we'll talk about is how do you do make that change in a way where it's not dramatic it's exactly. sustainable. You can keep it. You can keep to it. I've kept to this for 21 years now, and I have no crave, zero cravings for, for, for unhealthy food. I don't have it. So I can tell you undeniably it's doable. I was brought up with the, with the standard American diet to the extreme. I mm -hmm. had a 
fast food all the time. So I can speak from personal experience. You can do it. You can maintain it. Guaranteed. That's, that's a great, that's a great, great point. I, I do want to emphasize right on top of what you said, the irony that we can all laugh about. The very idea of being a hunter type is that I loved what a really good friend of mine and turned out to be a spiritual teacher in my life said to me is that the hunter type that we are, we it's very in our nature, like you said, the entrepreneur to do what he called sprinting. We are just our our type is made to sprint. So we are really yeah. good at it. Ask us to run a short race, yeah. run it fast, win first place, we will do it. And I'm talking about obviously philosophically. The yeah. whole idea here is to learn to be a long distance runner. And you can do that as a hunter type. And once a hunter type learns to be a long distance runner when it comes to diet and exercise, as you just said, proof in the pudding, 21 years, that that is a long distance runner. You do that. And then the the pros of being a hunter type really come into play. And now you're you're just a very powerful person who can really do some good for yourself and others in the world. That's it. That's it. And you can pursue those things that you can refine your creativity and, and start, you know, start, start your own business. Do it. Do if you haven't already. So, so many hunter types are entrepreneurs or people mm-hmm. that and I'm sure that are listening to this. Um, so that's the high protein, low carb to go into cardio. The yep. other piece. Uh, so cardio is the other piece of the equation. So not just exercise. Cardio means physical Get your heart moving, air in your lungs. So, and again, this is where the hunter-farmer theory comes in. If you think of yourself as a hunter, you're going. It's the sprinting. You're exercising hard for half hour to 45 minutes, three times a week. Cardio is so. What cardio does is it normalizes these dopamine receptors, and it seems to do something. And I haven't found in the research specifically what it is, but it has a different effect than anything else. So, and I've tracked myself, and I've tracked clients where they where they start doing cardio, and they start. It seems to normalize dopamine at a level that nothing else does. Like so, specifically, what I've noticed is. Uh, if I do cardio three times a week, I will notice, even if I did it once a week, uh, the, the positive effect of being able to do mundane tasks mm-hmm. and accomplish those things are the hardest things for us to do. Um, my ability to do those, not only the day after I ran, but two days after was noticeable. So there is this piece with cardio that it gives you the gift of of being more of a farmer type, being able to handle those things that you don't usually handle. So if you can, if you look at your life right now and you say, okay, um, I'm in this fog, what's going on? I can't focus. The two questions to ask yourself are, what are you eating? Are you eating enough protein? What are you putting in your body that may be harming your brain chemistry? And two, when was the last time I, I exercised and did cardio? And I want to say we'll cover it again later, but cardio, I encourage people to get outdoors if you can. Mm-hmm. Find something that you love doing versus something you have to do, well said. which will still make it sustainable. Yes. You, you'll do yes. it for me. I get down to the beach because I live close to a beach. 
I run barefoot for at least a half hour, 40 minutes. I love it. It's so fun. It's just, and I get all sorts of ideas. I usually journal after, and it gives me insights on the week. Uh, for whatever it is for you, I encourage people, if you can, to get out in nature. It's the, if there's something about being in nature, especially if you're growing up in a city, even if it's to a park or, you know, jogging around a lake somewhere where you're at, whatever it is, a hike, find something that, that if, if you can, get you outdoors, get you fresh air, get you away from all the buzz of whatever's going on in your life. And half hour to 45 minutes, make it something that you enjoy doing, that will be sustainable. And what it's also going to give you exponential benefits in terms of your ability to feel really good. So there's a difference between just normalizing and feeling really unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, that shift happened pretty quickly where I was like, wow, I just look back and look at all the things that I accomplished in such a short period of time. And it wasn't even until later, actually, even as I was starting to work on the book, that I went, oh, that's exactly what was going on. My dopamine was low. I wasn't, I was just really in a low state, felt like I was I had a battery that was really low and drained. And within a few months of just focusing on these particular things, everything changed. And so, and I've seen it over and over and over again. So if there's, there's no question at this point, like if you have ADD and you've been diagnosed with ADD and you are not eating a healthy high protein, low carb diet, you're doing and yourself you are not disservice. doing cardio. You're just yeah, doing this, this is it. Disservice. There's your map. This yep. is the map that you're looking for. Like yeah. this, this will, this will do it. This yep. will do it. If you just focus on this and stay with it and find sustainable ways to maintain this routine, it'll change your life. So I, I just want to put an explanation point behind all of that. Um, it, the share point I have on that, I is on. So there's ways to approach things as you're trying to do a massive change to your life. So we mentioned the, the one thing is learning to be that long distance runner because as hunter types, we tend to sprint. So when it comes to diet and exercise, I said, find a way to be that long distance runner. And Michael just nailed it. So if you're out there and you're in this position, you're like, well, let me tell you my quick story. I have every injury you can mention a man you would have thought I was a professional athlete. I'm not. I'm far from it. However, in the non-professional things I've done in my life, I have uh, slightly sprained C1 through C4 in my spine. I have terrible posture. I have broken or fractured both my ankles at least six times each in basketball and volleyball when I was younger. The price you pay when you're young and you don't notice what's going to happen until you get into your 40s and you pay the price yeah. then. I was left with... There was nothing I could do. It wasn't like I didn't try. There was nothing left for me to do when it came to physical activity that didn't hurt, that didn't cause inflammation, that didn't cause pain. Now I look back, those were all excuses. I just didn't find the right thing. And this is why Michael emphasized, and I, and I just wanted to hop on top of that, it's so critical to find, stop thinking that doing cardio is and doing exercise is something that you have to dread. It's really not. And I know people have said that, and you have heard that a thousand times like I have. You, But it's true. I'm a witness to it. Michael is a witness. For Michael, it's jogging on the beach. You couldn't pay me enough right now to go jog on a beach. My ankles can't take it, yeah. and my back can't take yeah. it. I found right. swimming. I found the thing for me. 
I remembered how much I loved swimming as a kid. And now that it's a form of exercise in a lap pool that I can measure also what I've done so that I can have goals and attain and, and make them better. My life has changed because I found the thing and, and to the point of what Michael, Michael said, and this is stuff we'll get into about what we go through as hunter types, not only like the work life thing, but a lot of things that Michael talks about in his coaching and in his lectures are relationships, relationships, relationships. And let me be a witness to, to, I can only speak because I am to the men out there. Watch the difference, whether you're living with someone or in a serious relationship or married, watch the difference. Your, that, that exercising will make in your life, in your marriage, just be a witness to it and observe, because let me tell you as a hunter type, some of the effects of being hunter type are not just the focus thing. It's moods. I mean, Michael today has just talked about bad mood foods. Watch how your mood changes with your spouse. And how you'll look back on those days when you didn't exercise and realize that being that hunter type and needing that stimuli and that restlessness, watch how when that restlessness goes away, guaranteed marriage approval that you don't need to go pay someone $200 an hour to therapize you. So I just, I, those things, <laughs> those things triggered so hard for me. So I just wanted to share that it's yeah. huge. And on days that I don't, weeks that I don't get a chance to go, maybe two days, and if I, I, my wife and I literally now have a rule. We notice if for some reason scheduling happens, life happens. If I don't swim and it's two days, I have not swam my cardio exercise through swimming. By that third day, she goes, I'll take care of the baby. Go, get out. I need you to go because something happens that 48 hours without that activity, that little yeah. things start to come back and the bad moods start to come back and that fog that fog will come back real quick. But then literally I'll go and swim for an hour and come back. I'm a new person. So I just had to it. emphasize those points that, you know, for Michael, it's running. For me, it's swimming. Find the thing that you love and it'll make a huge difference. Exactly. That's it. And, Let, and I want to make one, yeah, one, one quick point is sure. from what you said. And I think it just to, to, to add on to what you shared about the sprinting and the long distance running, I think it's, it's a lot of it's about short like many short sprints Mm -hmm. because sprinting is part of who we are it's we can't change that but it's many short sprints that create that long distance feeling like that's the thing is we can't necessarily be farmer types who are a little more even so it's we should remember that but at the same time it's like it's those short sprints through your day through your week through your month that create this long it's that's the long distance runner that's how you get to it it's like finding those smaller routines throughout your day that when combined together create a routine that's very sustainable and very sad it's like you feel like oh Mm -hmm. end of the day you're very satisfied with like well you feel like yourself you yeah and before it. when the fog was there this is how i describe the i don't so i loved from day one when you describe it as the fog when yeah. the fog is there you're not in touch with yourself because there's a fog there's a barrier yeah and when that fog is lifted, you're like this is literally oh this is who i am and you feel That's very right. comfortable before we wrap up today yeah. i do want to um re-emphasize drummer in the great we hope you tune into the podcast often. We hope you do everything, but I also want to emphasize that that website is awesome. Um, there's a newsletter to sign up for, which you'll get little tips and hints on a, um, 
regular basis. Uh, there's a blog on there. You'll also get to check out what events are coming up where Michael's speaking. There's lectures. Yeah. You can go check out things in person and interact with Michael in person. So check out all of it. We're trying to build a system for all of us here. So definitely tune into all the ways through the website, through subscribing to this podcast on iTunes. Uh, check it all out. Um, I also want to emphasize that the next podcast coming up will be covering the next chapter because we've hinted to it. We've hinted to it. We've hinted to it. We're finally going to get into the next podcast. We're going to cover addiction because this is a huge yeah. and, and there's many branches of it. So stay tuned for the next one, which will cover how hunter types get into many different types of bad addiction. And yeah. if you're in that boat, we want to focus a whole podcast and dedicate in how to kind of get get out of that get out of that that hole that bad cycle uh michael i turn to you any closing thoughts on on chapter four and the hunter type brain any anything you want to get out there before we wrap up no i think that's i think we covered it and i i just as a little teaser going into um future podcasts we'll be discussing in detail about the specifics of how do you create a sustainable routine and and what will be uh, one of the great tools, I think, in the beginning, which is how do you create it? How do you track? There's a tracking system that I recommend with my clients that you can see after 30 days of just tracking once a day, your mood and focus, like here's what works, here's what doesn't work. And you have a really clear map after 30 days, what you need to do so that you can create a, a sustainable routine for you because everyone's different, like you said. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, I think we covered it. Excellent. Um, I do want to emphasize to keep in touch with us. Let us know what you want to hear on this podcast. Let us know what you're interested in. If there's something you want more detail on, we're open. We're here to provide this. This is a service. This is something Michael and I do on Saturdays because we're, we're all part of the same community here. So yes. drummerinthegraymountain.com, there's a contact form on there. Reach out to us, reach out to Michael. Let us know how uh, else we can help via this podcast because I think this is a great avenue. Um, and uh, I think, Michael, it's not too early also to tell folks out there, uh, write to us if you want to be on with us on the podcast to share stories of yes. what this journey has been like for you, what you've done. We want to hear, we, we want to we connect with you. Tell us about your wins, which is something that Michael works through um, with his coaching sessions. I, I want to hear about your wins. I want to hear about this amazing book that we've all been blessed enough um, for Michael to put out there. And, and there's a lot of interest in it. And me being one of them and going through this journey with you, let us know, let us know. And we want to interact with you and, and, uh, know what's happening in your hunter type world. Fantastic. Michael, thank you once again for joining us. Very informative. Uh, really, as always, I learned so much, even though I've been, been through this and going through this every time these podcasts are, um, I learn even more. So I appreciate the detail and, 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 and the thought that goes into the things that you say. Ah, thank you, my friend. Excellent job. So great to connect with you. And so uh, I always appreciate your insights. Uh, just outstanding. Thank Take you. Take care, man. Go and enjoy this weekend and get out some good runs. It looks beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Till the next time, thedrummerandgreatmountain.com. Subscribe to this podcast if you're not already. We will definitely be keeping up with it. Uh, the Drummer and the Great Mountain is available through the website Uh, we encourage you to share it with your friends family if you are listening and tuning into this podcast not necessarily because you feel like you're a hunter type but maybe wondering if someone in your life is and this would help them uh, let us know and um, 
reach out to them via the the uh, the podcast and the book and uh, whatever you feel would be helpful on this uh, in the guidebook to uh, and the guide and the path and in transforming and I just want to finish off with again we are here to help you transform remember we are not proposing a cure we are not doctors we are simply people who have gone through this and we want to be on the journey with you in transforming adult ADD and ADHD until the next time be well and take care of yourselves Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is intended solely for the purpose of personal growth and not as a replacement for professional psychological support. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of this show are not meant to be taken as medical advice. It is very important to seek the help of a qualified medical practitioner when making any shifts to psychiatric medication you may be taking or if you are experiencing extreme psychological distress.